0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, we'll look at a subject here and we're going to weave a little bit of redemption into it. A lot of redemption, there's always a lot of redemption in what we teach and preach. Now, so much of Christianity today does not recognize or realize the power and the authority that they should be walking in. The resistance that each and every believer should be able to muster against just, just the common attacks that comes against people because you live a life down here on the earth. Amen? You ever felt like you were under an attack? I mean, you know, the devil attack your finances, attack your body, attack your kids, attack the dog, attack the car. You think, my goodness, what in the world's going on? Well, it's called life. Amen. I tell you, anybody to ever get up and talk to you and say, well, you know, if you'll get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and come to a church like this and you'll never have any problems anymore, they're lying to you. And then on the other side of the coin, people say things like, well, you know, I never had problems like that until I started coming to this church. Yeah, you did. You just didn't know they were problems. It's the Word of God that helps define and show you that there's problems. But thank God we've got an answer, and His name is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Now, but you've got to make a decision in your own heart to do something about your situation. You know, you can come to church, but at church you're being equipped. Amen? It's like any other thing in life that you go get equipment for. It doesn't do you any good to get the equipment unless you go out and use it and you've got to take the equipment that is given you, which is the revelation of the Word of God, you've got to take that and you've got to go out and you've got to resist all the negative things of life that come at you. And the good news is we may be living a natural life and have natural things coming against us, but we got a supernatural answer in Christ for all the natural problems of life. Now we know explicitly over in in, in 1 Corinthians 10 that, that there's no problem, circumstance, situation that you can be involved in that is not common to the human experience. That means just because you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and are living a life of faith, that doesn't mean the devil can go outside the perimeters and attack you supernaturally. He can only use natural things. And the good news is that, is we have supernatural answers for the natural things of life. Now Ephesians 6, look down here at verse... Look at verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Everybody say, strong in the Lord. Strong. Say, strong in the Lord. Strong. Now it doesn't say strong in yourself, strong in your education, strong in your physical strength, strong in grandma's faith, strong in the pastor's faith. No, you're going to have to learn to be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, in the Lord. In the Lord. And then look, look, look what it says after that verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say wiles. Now that word is translated traps. See, the enemy wants to trap you and hold you. Many of the traps designed back in the ancient days in which the scriptures were written were not traps that destroyed, they were traps that, (laughs) excuse me, traps that held. Because if they went out and trapped an animal, they couldn't come back in two or three days. That animal, if it was dead, the the other animals, the other predators would have gotten it. So many of the traps were designed not to destroy, but to hold. And literally that is the desire of your adversary, is to trap you and hold you so that you don't have any forward progression in the kingdom. Everybody say forward progression. God wants you moving forward. Let, Let me say this. God wants you on offense, not defense. So many people in their faith, they fight a defensive battle. I've got good news. You don't have to fight a defensive battle. You can fight an offensive battle. And if you'll make a decision to fight an offensive battle, I guarantee you, God is going to back you up with everything that is in the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost so that you can go in and take what belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. Prosperity belongs to you. Righteousness belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Joy belongs to you, but the enemy wants to take it out of your hands. Amen. Now, it says here, "...put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now let me just let me help you so you'll understand this, because I trust that this congregation is a little bit more keenly aware of what's going on in the spirit realm than a lot of others. I mean, we're not ignorant of his devices. And you'll understand what I'm fixing to say just through observation. We are living at a time, 2019, Last day of March, fixing to be the first day of April. We are living in a time in which the activity of the spirit realm and all that's going on, the demonic, the, the angelic, a God moving, the devil, it's literally been turned up to a fever pitch. I mean, it is literally raging in the unseen realm. Not that we need to defeat anything or gain any victory. We've already entered into a victory provided for us in Christ Jesus. But there is activity in the spirit realm, especially in the demonic, against the uh, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness of high places, principalities and powers. This is talking about different levels of demonic activity, and we see it right now and it's so Amazing that literally I'm getting to the point where I can't hardly watch a news broadcast or anything because of the demonic influence that's sitting over people. It's incredible. Now, I'm not trying to get political anyway. You can side with one side or side with the other. But what I want you to see is the conflict. The conflict has been turned up to a level that's unprecedented in this nation. I mean, and if you don't realize that, you don't understand. Listen, the devil is trying to break down and destroy any assimilance of freedom that is given human beings to worship God, to glorify God, to magnify God, and to live out their faith on the earth. There is an attack against it today that's on an unprecedented level. You say, well, what's the, well it's this one, or it's that one, or, or it's this president, or it's this. President. No, it's not. No, it's not none of that. You say, what is it? It's principalities. It's powers. It's darkness. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. And listen, I agree that people cooperate with it, but people are not our problem. People are our purpose. Amen? We've got to make a decision. These people, most of them, don't even know what's going on. They don't even know what they're doing. Now listen, let me just say this. Let me just say this. I'm going to tell you what really makes the devil mad. Any group of people in any nation that gives any favor to the nation of Israel. Now you say, well, I don't know if I agree with that or not. Let me just help you for a moment. Israel was the conduit in which the Messiah came down through. Anytime you see an attack against Israel on any level, it is demonic. You say, why do you say that? Because they are still the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they are still the servants of Almighty God. And anybody that attacks them and goes after them and tries to destroy them are carrying a demonic mandate. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And realizing that and recognizing that is that there are things going on in the Middle East, there's things going on in this nation, there are things going on in the nations of the world, and everything is slowly turning toward that Middle Eastern area in which the culmination of all things is going to come together. There's going to be the rapture of the church, there's going to be the carrying away of the saints to heaven, there's going to be seven years of horrible tribulation and judgment from God, and then Jesus is going to come back and take this whole thing over. That's not political, that's spiritual. But you must understand, in the meantime, this earth is groaning like a woman fixing to give birth with the pains of that which is fixing to come upon all of mankind. And we're living in the middle of that. And you can't get so dumbed down to it that you don't recognize and realize that some of that spills over into your life personally especially as you attempt to serve God, as you attempt to walk in righteousness, as you attempt to cooperate with a church that's believing God for revival, believing God to touch the nations, believing God to build a building, believing God for His best in your life, you've got to understand you're marked by these principalities, by these powers, by this darkness, by this spiritual wickedness in high places. It marks us as a people, but that's their mistake. You say why? Cuz we're the one that hold up the blood stained banner of victory in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the earth to the point that Jesus has to take us out of here before the devil can do anything. Everybody say, I'm not afraid of the devil. Verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Everybody say, having done all. all. Now let me just say something, church. There comes a time in life when you're just going to have to stand. I mean, the storm may be blowing. Uh, There may be all kinds of attacks against your life. You may think, man, what have I done? The enemy will get into your mind trying to make you think you've missed God. But in reality, you hadn't missed God. You are where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, with the people that you're supposed to be doing it with. The enemy knows that, and he's going to do everything he can get you to do, everything he can get you to do, to quit or to give up. He wants you to give up, quit, turn your back, and walk away. What does that accomplish? Oh, it does accomplish something. It it, it accomplishes your defeat. It accomplishes His dominance in your life. It accomplishes your dream being withheld or being taken away from you. But listen, those things God has put into your heart, those things you desire from Him, uh, listen, you say, well, Pastor, I'll just believe in God for a normal life. Why? Why believe God for a normal life when Jesus will give you an extraordinary life? Amen. Amen. Now, real quick, we're here in hearing, we're hearing Ephesians. Go just right over to Philippians. Just turn the page, a couple of pages, over to Philippians chapter 4. Now, as we've studied redemption, we've looked at uh, who we are in Christ. Everybody remember that, who we are? We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're new creatures in Christ. We're more than conquerors, amen, all that. Now, what can you do in Christ? What can I really do? Is there anything I can do? Pastor, I'm telling you, it just seems like all hell's broken. Is there anything I can do? Let me help you real quick. Here's a good scripture right here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, I... Can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Well, Pastor, I just don't think I can do it. I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody say, can do. do. Say, "Can Can can do. Say, can do. I'm here to exhort you this morning and to tell you, you can do it. I say, you can do it. You can get that miracle you're believing God for. You can see that healing manifest in your body. You can get those finances you're believing God for. You can get that breakthrough at your job. You can have that increase in your business. You can do it. Everybody shout, I can do it. Shout, I can do it. Shout, I can do it. Now notice what it says. I can do all things. Let say all things. So you can be a good father. You can be a good husband. You can be a good employer. You can be a good employee. I can be a good pastor. You can be, you can be a good minister of reconciliation. You can be a good evangelist. You can be a good missionary. You can be a good business owner. Whatever it is, you can do it. Hallelujah. Say, I can do it. See, that's what the enemy is constantly trying to do to you. He's trying to tell you, you can't do it. You you can't do it. It ain't going to work. And he'll try. Listen, he brings up illustrations in your life, feelings and emotions. He does all kinds of things. It's not going to work and it's not going to happen. Those people are filling your head full of pipe dreams. All that Bible stuff, that's all passed away. That's all ancient history. You're going to have to try and figure out on your own what to do, how to do it, where to do it, when to do it. You need to tell the devil to shut up. You need to tell him to get out of your mind. You need to quit entertaining the thoughts that he puts in there. And you need to take this one scripture and you begin to need to shout every day, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need to do it. I said, you need to do it. If you don't, what are you going to do? I can do all things through Christ. Now there's your key through Christ. See, we do it in our own strength. We do it in our own ability. We do it our own way. We do it some other religious way. It doesn't work. you got to do it through Christ. Now, let me just say the simplicity of the gospel. Actually, Leah read one of my favorite scriptures this morning over in Colossians 2.6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. That is literally the simplicity of the gospel everybody tries to complicate that everybody tries to make it hard but how did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord it's not a spiritual question it's a question of application how did you receive how did you receive how did you receive you received by believing in your heart by confessing with your mouth That God raised Jesus from the dead, and by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, you possessed salvation. It came into your life, something already provided for you by Christ Jesus. So, Paul tells us in Colossians as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Walk in faith. Walk in healing. Walk in prosperity. Walk in blessing. How do we do that? Do we need hours and hours of teaching? No, you do it the same way you got saved. You got to believe in your heart. You got to confess with your mouth. Everything you get from God, you've got to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, 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 believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. So I don't know if I believe that confession, confession message. That's why you don't believe it. Because you've been using it in the negative. The more you say, I don't believe, the more you don't believe. Why don't you get over on the positive side and say, I believe the confession message. And then people always get in the ditch like this. Well, I'm just going to confess that I'm going to get a million oil wells. You don't know it. You don't believe it. I said, you don't believe it. All you're doing is wishing. You're trying to rub on the lamp. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And that's why your own human words... Now listen to me. This is going to help somebody this morning. That's why your your own human words, when you try to frame and form a dream with human words and try to believe them in your heart and confess them with your mouth, it is so hard to get it to come to pass because you're trying to have faith in what you say. But when you take God's Word... (laughs) Come on. Somebody ought to get excited. When you take God's Word, which is life and life. And what does life do? Life life and life lifts you up. See these, uh, these plants here? Uh, a couple of weeks ago I noticed these plants were drooping. They're just kind of getting like, like some people get sometimes. They just kind of start to droop. You ever notice? You see them this morning? So what we did is we got us a grow light. We got two grow lights, and we start putting grow lights over the plant. And you know what the plants started doing? They started lifting their hands. Don't they look pretty this morning? Not the, they're like, praise the Lord. Somebody give me some light. Say, give me some light. Say, somebody give me some light and life. That's what the Word of God is. It's light and life. It helps lift you up. And you know, it didn't take long. I think the second day after we had them on them plants, those plants were doing this. They're so happy now. They're so joyful now. They've got light coming. Every day they're getting more light, more light, more light. They're all just worshiping God, thanking God, praising God. See, that's why you need to come to church, because you're sitting under the grow light. The grow light's coming down on you. It's helping you to grow in the things of God, grow in your character, grow in your faith, grow in your spirit so that you, you can do. It doesn't say God's going to do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Listen, we exhaust ourselves many times praying, God, you need to change this situation. You need to change this problem. You need to change this person. You need to change. Listen, God wants to change you so you can change the circumstance. You can change the situation. You can use the authority and the power that God gives you to rise up and do what God's called you to do. And listen, when I say what God's called you to do, let me help you with that. Here is what God's called you to do. He's called you to live in the light and the glory of His salvation. He's called you to live healthy. He's called you to live happy. He's called you to live prosperous. He's called you to live joyful. He's called you to live with peace in your heart. He's called you to live in such a way that the world should be beating down our doors to get in to see what we have because when they see us, they wonder what in the world are those people doing? Amen. Amen. I heard a guy give a testimony one time. was kind of sad. I used to, when I first went in ministry, there was a lot of full gospel business meetings and people would tell their testimony. And this guy was talking about Christians before he got saved. And he was talking about how, you know, man, these Christians, I worked with some Christians at my job and, and there were some Christians that live in my neighborhood. And, and he said, man, I watched him. He said, man, if anybody was ever sick, it was them. He said, they, 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 their house, man, they, he said, one, one person that lived around needed said house. He said, a couple of times I felt like going over there and just painting their house because their house needed painting so bad. He said, I looked at them all the time. He said, they were all down and out and walking around, you know, and, and you'd see them get ready and go to church on Sunday and come back. He said, for years I thought, I don't ever want to be a Christian. He said, that looks like one of the most depressing <laughs> lifestyles anybody. Well, he was just looking at the wrong people. Amen. Amen. He was looking at people that were religious. Because religion always jumps up at God trying to get a hold of it, always comes up short. But I'm telling you, if you ever get a hold of Jesus, as He gets a hold of you, then the life and the light of God comes, it's going to lift you up. And it'll lift, listen, it'll lift up your house. It'll lift up your car. It'll lift up your dog and your cat, your animals. It'll lift up your yard. It'll lift up everything about you. Everything about you will have a God element on it so that everybody goes, these people are of God. These are God people. These are God. Everybody in my neighborhood, you know what they call me? They call me the preacher. There's the preacher. Here comes the preacher. I mean, some of them that that you wouldn't even think knew anything about God. Yeah, He's the preacher. I'm glad they know that's who I am. I'm glad they see the way I live because if I can't get them with words, I'm going to get them with a visual illustration. They're going to see the blessing of God. They're going to see the goodness of God. And when I go through trials or troubles or tribulations or temptations, I'm going to pull on the God who what? Who strengthens me so that I can do all things through Him and give Him the glory for it. Now, real quick. That's my time. I'm doing good. We'll be finished in just a minute. You must stand in the strength God provides you. You cannot stand on your own. You've got to stand in the strength that God provides you. Now there is a key or there is an element to that that a lot of people don't understand. And many times when the Spirit of God moves, and I'm kind of saying this, in reference to some services we've had lately. So we, you know, we've always had services like that. But when the Spirit of God gets to moving, the purpose of the move of the Spirit in mass, that means in a congregational area, where the Spirit of God comes in, people begin to rejoice, people begin to dance, people begin to shout, people begin to laugh, people begin to rejoice. The purpose of that is strengthening. What's the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is my strength. One of the number one things the enemy goes after in your life is your joy. Because if he knows he can get your joy, he'll have your strength and you'll end up weak. Amen. And you know, it's tough many times. You get up and stand in front of people and everybody has this kind of look on them like... (laughs) Amen. It doesn't say what you're going through is your joy. It doesn't say all of the situations, circumstances, trials, trouble, tribulation. It says that the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the... Sometimes you just got to go back to the baser elements of who you are in Christ Jesus and begin to use that as a basis to just get real joyful. You say, what do you mean? Well, number one, people say, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? Well, I guess to die. Now, hold on a minute, Hold on a minute. Paul says it's better. Now, I'm not proposing we all go somewhere and die. But Paul says it's better. He said to be absent from the body is to be present with Him. So many times, we allow what the world says to motivate us, dictate to us our feelings or our emotions. So people go around there, well, I'll tell you what, if the worst thing that could happen was die, what I'm going through is really bad. And so we get our eyes on, we get our emotions connected to, we allow the adversary to stimulate our thoughts toward the pain of what we go through, the discomfort of what we go through, the trauma of what the enemy tries to produce in our life. Then God comes back and tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, you're going to have to do all and then stand. Everybody say, do all. Now, doing all is doing everything the Word says. You need Scripture. You need the Word of God. What do you believe in God for, and how are you believing for it? Well, I'm just wishing and praying that it'll happen. It's not going to happen. The Word of God will first bring you hope, and then it'll frame that hope with its own self and cause faith to rise in your heart. Faith believes, it receives, and faith has it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've already, Listen, when I get into that new building, I'm not going to run, shout, and dance. Not because we got into the building. I've already run, shout, and danced. I've been doing it actually for eight years. I've been running, shouting, dancing here at other churches where we go through all over the world. I give expression to what's not going on on the outside. I give expression to what's going on on the inside. That's where we get in trouble. Is there's not enough going on on the inside to actually displace what's going on on the outside. It's called the law of displacement. You take a a glass that you just drank, a big glass of milk, and you put it under your faucet, and you turn on the water, and all of a sudden you've got milk and water, milk and water, less milk, more water, less milk, more water, less milk, then pretty soon you have no milk and all water. The water that is flowing displaces the milk that was in the glass. And that is the way the Spirit of God and the Word of God work in you. The enemy wants to put doubt in you. He wants to put unbelief in you. He wants to put stress in you. He wants to put anguish in you. He wants to put worry in you. But you've got to do something to displace it. You've got to get the light. Everybody say the light. And you've got to get the life of God flowing into you to displace that. When was it? Thursday afternoon. I'd go to the dentist. That's always a wonderful time. And he had to to fix a cavity between my two front teeth. So, as he was fixing that cavity, he sucked my lip up in the drill. Now, the deadener he gave me made my nose numb and my teeth numb, but it didn't make my lip numb. And I was in instantaneous pain. Ah! in which he asked, oh, did I hurt you? No, I just did that because I felt like it was a good time to go, ah! You know. And he's I'm sorry. And they got a gauze and dabbed it and put some stuff on it, some deadening stuff on it, stuff like that. But there was an immediate response to the pain. Anybody ever been there? Now, what the enemy wants in your life is for when your life gets sucked up in the drill, there used to be a really good story. Brother Osteen used to tell. It happened in Galveston years ago that there was this little, this little songbird. This lady had this little, beautiful little songbird and every morning that little songbird just sing, sing, sing. This lady loved this songbird. And so this is when these these canister vacuums came out that had these long things. So this lady's vacuuming, 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 and just kind of thought, well, I'll just get this stuff in the birdcage and whoop, suck that, suck that little song songbird in that birdcage. And that songbird went down that tube and into the deal. She opened it up, got it out, brushed it off, and there he stood, you know. <laughs> And I said, he never sang again. (laughs) One incident with a vacuum cleaner stopped him from fulfilling his purpose in life. And that's what the enemy's doing. He gets his vacuum cleaner of pain, discomfort, physical, financial, and he's looking to suck you up in it. Amen? And then when somebody opens up the canister and digs you out, there you stand. And you've lost your joy, you've lost your song, you've you've lost everything about... Listen, somebody should have gone to that little bird and preached the gospel to him and told him, you don't have to lose your song anymore. We've defeated the vacuum cleaner. It's never coming by you anymore. Amen? What you can have is the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, and you can rise up in that joy and make a decision. Now, let me close with this. This is my last point. When When that drill hit my lip, And that automatic pain, there was an automatic response. Unrehearsed, unpracticed, I wasn't thinking, when I get there and that guy messes with my lip, I'm going to really let him know he's hurt. I I had no thought that that was going to happen. So there was an instantaneous response. Now, what we do many times is in a situation of life, when the drill hits our lip, when we get sucked into the vacuum, whatever our first response is, we feed that response. Where that response becomes continual and perpetual. And that wears you out, trying to maintain the emotion, living in the emotion, living in the thought. And listen, I know there are extremes of it. Some of it really doesn't amount to much. Others have a really extreme thing that has happened to you. But you have to realize you're like an actor standing on a stage. And you have two directors of life. There is the director of light and there is the director of darkness. And one of them is going to get an act out of you. The problem is a lot of people, they hear some teaching on faith. They hear some teaching on confession. They say, now listen, Pastor, if I get up and act like I'm not... Ha- if I get up and act like I have joy and I don't have joy, that's a lie. And if I get up and act like I'm happy and I'm not happy, that's a lie. But if I am, uh, you know, uh, depressed and and if, I'm, and if I'm sorrowful and if I'm in anguish and if I'm in doubt and pain and I, and I act like it, well, that's the truth. Now, see, in reality, you're wrong. And people don't like being told they're wrong. Amen? Now, only in this situation here, in expressing joy, happiness, rejoicing, worship, praise, even when you're in pain, even when you're hurting, if you did not have truth, then it'd be a lie. Amen? We're on the other side of the coin to be depressed, to be down and out, to be in anguish, to be under stress, to be under doubt. That's really the lie. So what the enemy does is he flips-flops it on people, Thinking to give expression to the problem gets you through the problem where in reality giving expression to the answer get you through the problem. Amen. David said, Yea though I walk through. Amen. Everybody say through. through. Say I'm going through it. Amen. Our brother came up this morning. Wave, wave at me healed of cancer. Last year he came up, stood right here, had cancer all in his body. We stood with him. We prayed. He got treatments. We stood. We believed God. And what was it? This week they looked in your body and found what? Zero cancer. (laughs) Amen. But I saw him. I watched him for a year. There was times he had to just come and worship God. Times in which he just had to come and praise God. Times in which he had to come and get prayer. But he kept coming, kept coming, stayed under the light, stayed under the light, stayed under the light, and the light lifted him up out of that cancer diagnosis. Come on, somebody ought to get excited. So when you make a decision not to give expression to the problem or the circumstance or the situation on the outside, when you make a decision, I'm going to give expression to that which is working on the inside. God says, "I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me." God says, "Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the earth." God says, "I am more than a conqueror." God says, "No weapon formed against me shall prosper." God says, "I'm above, not beneath. I'm the head, not the tail." When you begin. To to declare that with your mouth, then that which is greater on the inside of you begins to come outside and begins to affect what's on the outside. Amen. Nobody can apply it for you. Nobody can pray you out of it. Nobody can come, say, well, pastor, I come up for prayer. I hope it's, everything's all Well, you got to decide what are you going to do after that? I was reading some stuff. I think it was this week uh, about a friend of ours that was healed, a the, the, uh, 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 pastor friend of ours that was healed back in the 90s, found a malignant brain tumor. And man, they went to, I mean to tell you, they stood in faith. They, they put somebody outside the door of the, hotel, of, the, of the hospital room and wouldn't let anybody in there that didn't have faith. That made some family members mad. That made some other people mad. But they stood in faith. They believed God. And they went and did the surgery. And what was amazing about the surgery is they couldn't find it. It was gone. And the surgery confirmed that God had done a miracle. In the midst of that, they were given some great advice by a tremendous man of God that said this. More Christians lose their victory with a counterattack than any other way. You say, what does that mean? Anything you get from God, the enemy is going to come after it. He'll come after your marriage. He'll come after your health. He'll come after your finances. He'll come after the peace of your mind. He'll come after anything. You say, this is what the Lord has blessed me with. This is what... How many times... Listen, just go back and think how many times the enemy, after you first got saved, would come to you and say, you're not saved. Try to convince you that nothing happened. You just prayed some prayer with some preacher or some preacher on the radio, and they made you sign a book or did this or did that. And you think, well, maybe I'm not saved. That's just the devil. You are what God says you are. You have what God says you have. You can do what God says you can do. You just have to be who God says you are. Do what God says you can do and rise up and become what God says you are in Him. It is a life and a lifestyle of doing it. And the whole world right now is in one of the greatest spiritual conflicts that the world has ever seen. And most people are just asleep. This is exactly, exactly. Man, if for no other reason to believe the word, believe what Paul wrote to us in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be what? Lovers of themselves, which is the greatest narcotic on the planet, which puts men and women asleep spiritually because everything's about me. But when everything becomes about Him, our Savior, our Healer, our Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, our prosperity, our peace, our righteousness, our joy, then you don't have to focus on something like self that will delude you and disappoint you every time. But you can focus on Him who will never delude you, never disappoint you, never, ever hurt you, and always bless you. He is your strength. He is your joy. He is your pearl of great price. He is your all in all. In Him we live and move and have our being. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we worship you. No matter what you may be going through, no matter what you may be facing, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you having done all stand in faith stand in the word that is in your heart the way to church this morning I don't know who this is for but I feel I need to tell this in my spirit the way to church this morning on Sundays I'll get in my truck and I have a I drive back down by the marsh and around it usually takes a little over an hour most of the time what I'll do is I'll put on some good teaching and turn it down kind of low where I can pray and think about the service, about what God wants me to teach. This morning I was listening to Pastor John Osteen, and he was giving the testimony of somebody that was healed after a long time, long period of time. And he was using John chapter 5, where there was a stirring at the miracle pool, and whoever was first into the water was healed of whatsoever disease they had. And now even though Israel had abandoned the doctrine of healing, in their covenant, God had not abandoned them and did something supernatural to help get people healed. The Bible said there was a man there that was sick, 38 years. That's a long time to be sick. And the miracle pool would not work for him. Man would not work for him, and he couldn't do anything for himself. But Jesus showed up and with one word produced what the miracle pool the men or himself could not produce. But here's the point, Brother Osteen that God just quickened my spirit. There are people in here that you have suffered with some kind of sickness or disease. Infirmity. It's not legally abiding in your body. It's there illegally. And it's been there a long time. Maybe months, maybe years. But I've got good news for you. If that one man after 38 years could get healed by one word from Jesus, and Jesus was walking on the earth as Son of Man, But now he's risen from the dead and sits at the right right hand of the Father as Son of God. He can heal you. You are the healed of God. It just needs to come into manifestation. You say, how does that happen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You just begin to say, Lord, you're going to strengthen me. I'm going to be strengthened by your word. I'm going to be strengthened by your spirit. And I am walking out of this illegal attack against my body. And if you will do that, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost right now, if you will do that in a few short weeks, that healing will manifest in your body and you will have a glorious testimony of what God has done. Everybody say, I can do. Say, I can do. All things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I fall, into temptation, trials, trouble, or tribulations. I count it all joy. I count it all joy. I count it all joy, for I have the answer. His name is Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for this day, for blessing our church, all that are here. Your goodness, your kindness, your mercy is overwhelming. Father, as is our tradition, as we always do here at Island Church, we appropriate We pronounce, we confess, we name and claim our protection and safety. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, according to Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, whether we work out in the ocean, whether we work over at the UTMB, whether we work in the oil patch, any other type of work, construction, education, no matter what it is, no matter where we do it, or no matter how we get there, Thank you, Father, we are protected by your mighty power and your strength. No weapon formed against us prospers. Neither the evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Father, for that door of utterance. Each and every one of us as we exit the church, we thank you for power and ability to be ministers of reconciliation, ministers of restoration, ministries of encouragement, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. Freely we receive, freely we give in Jesus' name. Father, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, for you first loved us. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.